Welcome back to Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Derek. I'm Todd. And we're rolling back with our anthology series, um, Once Upon a Time in America. And I think this was the first introduction you ever had to it, right? When we were yeah, talking I'd, about I'd this? Yeah, I never even heard of it until you introduced the movie to me, and it's really good. It is really good. It's it's really long, yes. too. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, three hours and 49 minutes is the traditional cut of the movie. There's an extended cut that adds like another 22 minutes to it. But what blew blew my mind during the research for this is kind of the reason this is attached in our anthology. The theatrical release was butchered down to an hour and a half. Yeah, I don't even know how you could put... No, I'm sorry, not every... an hour. Yeah, an hour and a half, 139 minutes. No. That's two hours. That's two hours. Two hours. Minutes. Yeah, so... You took you take a four hour movie and cut it in half. It's kind of like what they did with Metropolis back in the day, right? And um, it and honestly, I've never personally seen and kind of like what we, we what we typically try and do in this is uh, look at both sides: the actual theatrical cut and then the later director's cut. I don't know if that theatrical I don't cut, th- the exists. original two hour cut, is available. I don't think no. they. Uh, I think. Because the cut you and I, the the DVD you let me borrow, is mm-hmm. called the theatrical cut. Because, and I'm pretty sure this is because that was the intended theater release in a near four hour movie, which mm-hmm. in 1984 probably wasn't going to fly. Right. I mean, that doesn't even really fly today. No, I I mean it really doesn't, and um, it was part of Sergio Leone's trilogy, um, the Once Upon a Time series. It's kind of funny saying that now because you have Once Upon a Time by ABC with like all of like the Disney characters in oh, real yeah. life and everything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So it's kind of like weird. Um, but the I, I don't think I've ever actually honestly seen the Once Upon a Time in America theatrical cut to honestly um, compare it to. But there was actually several cuts of Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, there's an extended cut that, at, like I said, that has 22 minutes, uh, which you have, but you have. We figured out you haven't seen. Yeah, I, we both Stupid. haven't seen. Right. I mean, we have the Blu-ray right here. There's two discs in it, and the the digital copies. Just your right is the regular extended cut. It's the is the regular extended cut, which is the 229 minutes, but not the four hour version. Well, it's funny because it's it is technically an extended cut, but they refer to it as the theatrical cut. Because I'm pretty right. sure because that was what was intended to be shown in the theater. Like, how? But, I would love to know the thought process behind cutting out two hours. Like, I was reading a review of the movie, and it said that it was. I mean, this isn't. It wasn't like a from the Times review. It was uh, a modern, because uh, they were talking about the release of the extended edition and all that. Mm-hmm. But it was saying it was like sloppy, disjointed, and it left a lot of plot holes. And I mean, you cut two hours of footage out. No, it's going to leave a lot of plot holes. Right. I, you know, and I kind of understand why they did it. Not not so much from a story standpoint, but from a selling standpoint. Right. Because I remember when Cobra came out, and Cobra was a Sylvester Stallone movie where he's a cop. Yeah. Um, Which and I one? remember. <laughs> There's so many of those <laughs> where he um where he's a cop 
but they had it, I think it was like 85 minutes, but the reason why they did that was because back in the day, it's not like everything's on digital now. Like when you go in the movies, everything's on digital. Yeah, to rewind uh, yep, the actual rewind film, yeah, uh, it, it actually forever. took it took forever, so they could get an extra movie in to actually sell. Right. So I kind of think that's where this is coming from. Where is selling um, an extra uh, movie? Like, say yeah. you have the you two have o'clock four showing, the five o'clock showing, right? Where you actually might get five showings versus four, right? Because you have two less hours to show, right? And this is this is actually like thirty five years ago, right? Am I my is my math right? Um, thirty five, eighty four, twenty five. Yeah, thirty something. It was thirty five well, now, I'm, right? I'm thirty, and I was born in eighty eight. So yeah, thirty four. We're coming up on thirty five years. Mm-hmm. So I like I honestly kind of think that was what they were going for. Well, Just to I mean, have one extra screening time back in '84. Well, it's not like it helped them sell the movie. The no, movie it, only, it, it, it only took in five five point three million with a budget it, of thirty. Right. So that is technically a bomb. But if you watch the movie, it's so good. It's really good. And um, and again, neither of us watched the the, the like the, the whatever it was cut. ninety minute like oh that that. Yeah, we neither so, one of us watched the director's cut or the butchered piece of two-hour right. movie. Um, but I totally forgot. Like the, it, it was like a hardcore rape scene. Yeah, with De Niro. Yeah, um, which was kind of really unheard of back in the time. It's still kind and, of unheard like, of. I, I'm a hundred percent sure that wasn't shown in theaters. There's no way. No, there's it, no, it wouldn't really uh-huh. fly by today's standards, let alone no. 1984 standards. I, and I, like when I was rewatching it a couple of weeks ago, because I think you know, you, Derek and I were always you let me you let me borrow it, and as I was watching it, I think you were watching it as well. Mm-hmm. And when it got to the rape scene, I was legitimately like shocked. I was shocked too. Like I completely forgot about. Now I watched this maybe 10, 15 years ago. Right. So and. You know, I watch movies all the time, so not not to be you know sarcastic or anything, but I completely forgot about that. But it is shocking. Well, it, it is kinda, shocking it from a, comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere, and you're like really not expecting it. Because I mean, and I is... think that like I think that was one of the kind of like the big scenes of the movie, and they actually in the various iterations of the movie. They they approach that in different ways, from the from the chauffeur and everything. We were both talking about the chauffeur right. um, before the show. Yeah, because in the extended cut or in the director's cut, which I mean, we were reading about the uh, what the new scenes did. It just because in in the in the cut we watched, the chauffeur's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. In in the he lets cut, it go. He lets it go on. Well, in the extended cut, you you find out that the chauffeur. Is a is a Jewish immigrant that was forced out mm-hmm. by the Nazis, and he doesn't approve because De Niro is playing a, a Jewish character himself. He doesn't right. approve of the um, of his gangster lifestyle, mm-hmm. and he tells him that. But then, like, he still doesn't really stop the rape from happening. No, he doesn't stop the rape from happening. And then De Niro basically says to him, "Well, you can just keep being." 
essentially this is what he's saying. Not word for word, but essentially what he's saying is, okay, well, you can be a chauffeur and you can go to school, but you're still not going to have anything. Right. Unless you push that line, mm-hmm. which is what De Niro did in the movie. Well, and, and it was and it was a powerful thing. scene. Well, it was, and here's the thing: like the whole movie, because he's known this uh, the gr- the girl he rapes since childhood. He's been in love with her since they were kids. Exactly. And she's always kind of turned him down again because of his lifestyle. Right. So I mean, he like they had a nice romantic dinner. He asks her to marry him, and she says no, and that she's going to go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts with the rape. Yeah, I like I I I was honestly shocked because I like I said again, I completely forgot about that. Um, obviously, I doubt it was ever shown in theaters. Right, I can't um, imagine. It's, I can't it's, imagine. It's um, it's a very powerful scene. Um, it speaks to De Niro's character um, throughout the rest of the film, mm-hmm. uh, where they were talking about. Uh, where the gang was basically talking about this girl that was married, that they were all like kind of like passing around amongst themselves. Because if you remember, the blonde chick, right, yeah. that helped with the robbery. She, she was the inside. The... Well, oh, she was. No, the, she no, gave no, them she the tip really... on it. No, no, no. I don't think she really gave them a tip on it. But De Niro actually kind of raped her when they were robbing the bank. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah. But she was, if I recall, she was she was in on it. She gave the tip about the robbery, and then it turns out, like her and her husband had like an open marriage, and then she leaves him to right. get with Max. Right. And then Max dies. Dies. You can't. Air quotes. You can't. Yeah, you can't see on a podcast. I'm air quoting it. Yeah. Dies. Kind of have to say air quotes. Right. Air quotes. Um, dies. And then they have uh, the senator. Right. Coming Who, later. Who is Max? Spoiler alert on a 35-year-old movie. Yeah, um, and I'm okay with spoiler alerts on a 35-year-old movie, but and, uh, but you know what? In 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 one in one sense of the word, this is kind of like the underlooked movie, you know, of what we've been talking about uh-huh. um, throughout our anthology series because. I think I think more people have seen Metropolis. I think more people have seen um, Superman. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Once Upon a Time in America was really an underrated movie. It's it's got a really powerful story. Phenomenal um, cast. Phenomenal cast. I mean, it's a, it's an all star cast. Yeah, and Great a lot acting. of people have never even heard of it before. Yeah. Um. I mean, I certainly didn't, but that's not a surprise. There's a, I mean, all the movies that exist. Even you, who own four thousand movies, <laughs> you know, you, there's there's probably ten thousand movies you've never heard of. No, you know, and that's kind of why we're bringing up this anthology series to point out the different aspects of those movies. That some of them are. Um, obviously well known some lesser so Once Upon a Time in America being one of those and allegedly uh, Sergio has or had he's he's dead but there's like another 10 hours of footage he shot out there somewhere for this yeah, I movie. can't even imagine what that would be like I, like and it was really it like the story was basically a bunch of gangsters from almost oh. infancy 
to well, I mean, um, they, the grave. You, yeah, you show the evolution of like kids growing up doing petty street crimes to becoming hardcore rum runner, not rum runners, but bootleggers, right? And getting into more hardcore crime. And it's kind of interesting that an Italian director, known um, traditionally for what's quoted as spaghetti westerns, mm-hmm. um, really tried to bring the American, how would you say this, persona to the screen. I mean, he had like several different movies, Once Upon a Time in the West. Actually, the second movie of this this whole series, Duck, You Sucker, 1971, AKA Near My Birth. Once Yay. Upon a Time in the Revolution. Right. And then the third, third in the trilogy, Once Upon a Time in America, where we're going up to 84. But you go from Western to Western to Brooklyn. Which is which in itself? I mean, from a well, sideline dance like, is kind of like a western, like too. Um, a free for the free for all style of the streets mm-hmm. and the evolution of a street kid, right? Yes. Um, and I think that really kind of shows in how they're looking upon things. Yeah. Um. Uh, so one thing about um, the movie I have to point out it's something I don't it kind of bothers me about movies when they're like they're shown out of chronological order I don't know how you feel about that like it, it bothers oh, me oh well, yeah, yeah well, we're like, talking about that like even, even though like I love I love this movie I love Pulp Fiction both of them kind of I guess irk me that they're out of chronological order I would just love to see them. I would just love to see them in chronological order. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I don't. You think it would? I I think it would change the way we see the movie because to me it was just odd because you jump from like young kid to like early twenties De Niro to like in his midlife De Niro. I don't like that. It I I don't like the whole bouncing back and forth. Yeah, I, I you know I'm like my OCD and it's just me. Like, I like order. You know what I mean? And, like, the order that I need is beginning, middle, and end. I Mm -hmm. can't have end, middle, beginning, (laughs) and then middle, 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 end, beginning. And, like, I I just don't want to deal with it. Like, you know, especially if I'm a moviegoer where I'm paying for this. Right. Obviously, this is 35 years old, so I'm not paying for it other than buying the DVD. Well, and, um, you know, the movie kind of starts you off with a spoiler, because you start off with uh, the deaths of De Niro's friends, you see them dead after that last right. bootleg run that, like the, they got shot up by the cops, mm-hmm. and then it's that scene with um, uh, his his girl dying, and then him getting revenge on the guys that came to kill him, and then leaving mm-hmm. Brooklyn for allegedly for forever. Right. And then it just randomly flashbacks to them being kids. There's just a lot of un, you know, if. To me, if you're going to tell a story, you start from the beginning of the story. You don't start in the middle. Right. And I know, I like, I understand where that comes from. You know, I, I'm, I'm, like, desperately trying to think of movies where that's happened, where they tell the end of the story first, and then they um, go into why that happened. I mean, I know in Pulp Fiction, you don't necessarily start at the end, but, like... 
you know, you see John Travolta's character die, but then you see him later on in the movie. Right. It, like, it, the, the end of the movie is him and Samuel L. Jackson leaving that diner. Right. No, true. Um, and, and that kind of worked, but like, even when I'm reading books, I, like, I don't want to know the ending. No. Why until would you? the end. Why would you? Um. What's the point of going I, on the journey you know, if you already know the destination? I, like, I understand from a story perspective where that might work, and I know if I really thought, like, if I was sitting here for, like, an hour. Mm-hmm thinking about different movies how that happened where i would say you know what it worked that way but i don't want that oh well, you know okay. i mean like um, i like here's something that just popped into my head that you have uh in the second matrix movie matrix reloaded mm-hmm. the movie starts with trinity falling out or jumping oh, out the window yeah. and shooting up at the agent but then they play it off like it's just a dream neo has but right. then it eventually ends up happening right I was okay with that. Because they played it off as a dream? Um, more that they played it off as his um, foresight in terms okay. of what was happening. But I didn't like it when it first came to be. I, like, I just don't like that. Like, Here's just me. I mean, regardless of whatever else happens, I don't like surprises. Regardless. I don't want <laughs> surprise birthday parties. I don't want surprise anything. I, I, I think... You know, um, back when I was hitting 40, Lindsay had, like, this whole party planned for me, and I got, like, you, all sick and everything else. You vetoed it? And, no, I didn't veto it. I was, like, I was like horribly sick, and I oh. couldn't do my, you know, and got she had it. to cancel everything. But I, I don't like surprise parties. I don't like surprise anything. I'm very OCD. I'm very organized in terms of how my life should work out. I want this, this, this in this order. I, and, you know, and I can't, I like just m- me, you know, not saying for anybody else, not saying for you or anyone else, I don't like the surprises. Yeah. You know, I don't like, you know, being shocked at something. I'm like, what just happened? You know, I, I don't like those endings. When I, if I'm, especially, and we were talking about this actually in work, I don't want to pay for something where I'm completely oblivious to where everything's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't want to think about... Like, I don't want these psychological throws where I'm like, it's up to the viewer to decide if it's a dream or if it's a reality or anything else. I don't want that. And I do not want that. Well, and let's let's, let's connect that because that's a good point. Um, a, A prevalent theory about Once Upon a Time is America is that all the stuff that takes place with an older De Niro is an opium-fueled dream. Right, because he, uh, after, he, after he rapes um, her, he goes to the opium den. Well, it's not even then. It's after his friends die, he goes to the opium den. Well, he also goes after he rapes her, too. Right, but the, the theory is after all his friends die in that bootleg run he didn't go on, he goes to the opium den and everything he sees in the future is uh, just an opiate-fueled fever dream, yeah, I guess you want to call I, and it. That's, and that's like another theory of what Sergio Leone was doing. And I, I, Which is I agree. fine, I don't, but... I don't like open... Give me an ending. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about this with Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Is he or isn't he? I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't want to think about it. Tell me. No. A- exactly. 
if you're going to have a continuing story where you're going to think about what's going to happen, that's fine. But if I know the next story is coming up, right, 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 um, where it's going to resolve the issues, that's fine. But Blade Leave Runner wasn't open-ended. meant to have a sequel. No, it wasn't. Once Upon a Time doesn't have a sequel, or Once Upon a Time in America doesn't have. It. So don't give me this open-ended stuff. Yeah. Um. I, I and I honestly don't know anyone who who honestly thinks that you know where they're like, yeah, let me just think about it and blah blah blah. You know, well, because... it's it's artistic. I'm, I understand the artistic standpoint. I don't want that type of artistry from a movie. Where well, I like I I like to fancy myself a storyteller, um, as do I. Because and and we're both dungeon masters. There's, there's no story I've ever told that I didn't give it a, a, an ending for that uh, uh, that I would call a concrete ending. Right. There, like I don't. No, no, no. I agree. And completely. Ma- I mean, maybe maybe it just comes down to personal choice, but I, I you know, I don't want to call out anyone else's. I don't want to say it's like an artistic integrity thing. But no, I mean, because I'm as... no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, invalidating Sergio Leone no, because not he at actually all. wrote this, um, and directed it. He had a vision. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying my personal view is. Yep. I don't like it. No. I, you know, I personally don't like it. You know what? People might not like my opinion. People might not like Derek's opinion. This whole show is about our opinion. Frequently, people don't like my opinion. (laughs) Frequently. But, you know, know, from my perspective, I think if you're going to tell a closed-end story where you're not going to have a continuation, you really need to give an ending. Like, I I never honestly understood that whole let the audience decide what the ending is. No. No. Well then, and that's what this is. Well, and you you have. I also don't like you know you start off with a plot point that there's all these dead gangsters and De Niro's obviously sad about it, and then you introduce like well how they all met as kids and they've all been friends for forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe start there. <laughs> maybe start with that. Right. Start when they're you know I think what De Niro's like twelve uh-huh. or something when the movie starts. Mm-hmm. Start at twelve, then work your way up to sixty. Right. Don't give me, th- you know, like a twenty-eight-year-old. Go back to a twelve-year-old and jump ahead to a sixty-year-old, and then go back to the twelve-year-old and back to you know. It was too much. Yeah, and especially and and apparently neither of us watched like the four-hour version. Um, yeah, right. So so God only knows what that would have been. You well, know that that has the four-hour version has more of um, quote unquote present-day older De Niro in it more than anything else. It just had more of the present day stuff. Oh, okay. Where he comes back to yeah, Brooklyn yeah. and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, this, to, to, to summarize, and oh, we've been well, summarizing... On, one, oh, one, oh, one, one oh, quick... Okay. One right. last, it doesn't really have anything to do with anything, uh-huh. but the way they had like the older De Niro made up, uh-huh. they nailed how he was going to age. <laughs> 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 they nailed it! Well, that's that's a good um, artistic director, I guess. Yeah, right. They they had a bit. I mean, I I guess if you have a certain facial structure, you can only age a certain way. But right. Um, that I just thought that was like, I was like, wait, did they film this over like five decades or something? Because it was <laughs> like you had young De Niro, 
and then it jumped to modern De Niro, and I was like, holy crap! Looks just like him. Yeah, looks just like him. From 30-something years ago. He's a time traveler. Yeah. Um, but but to summarize, I, I think this is one of the most convoluted of our anthology series um, in the sense that did, uh, you know, and, and part of this anthology is did the, um, was the director writer right? Was the um, studio right? Studio right. Well, clearly, as far as the the initial theatrical release goes, the studio bungled that in the in the same vein as Metropolis. Right. They kind of cut too much. Yeah, and you can when tell, you cut to the bone. I mean, people are going to like the box office tells the story about a theatrical release, mm-hmm. right? And the box office lost by a lot. I mean, the the by it, it was thirty yeah. million by and 20, then a, almost twenty five million dollars they right. lost. Now. If you told the full story, you might have, you know, more people by word of mouth might have been like, oh man, this is such a great movie, you gotta go see it. Versus you tell half a story and people would just go, eh, it was okay. But I feel like there was yeah. a lot missing. Yeah, and, and I think that goes into our little rant for ten minutes. Yeah. Where, um, where it's left up to the audience. And it might not necessarily, or should have been, left up to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're paying for something, you know, oh, yeah. I, you know, I just, I, w- I want no thought if I'm paying for no, it. No, I, and I, and I've said, you I know, think we, it, we it, talked it, about like, this for on, we, I think we said the exact same thing on the Blade Runner episode. No, 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 I agree. It, no, you're exactly right. We did say this on yeah. this. I don't want to think when I'm, at the, when I'm at the movie theater. Yeah. I want to eat my popcorn. I want to drink my soda. I want to have my little pretzel bites. Yeah, and have an ending to the film. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to enjoy myself, and maybe afterwards I might want to think a little bit, but I don't want any complex like uh, philosophical debate going on in my head. No, no. I mean, that's what like college and Socrates and you know all that is for. Right. That's film class in college is showing these open ended movies and interpreting right. endings and I all that stuff. Scotzi and stuff like that. And I had to do that. I don't know if you had to do it in no. college, um, but that was that was crazy. That was just like random pictures of the of the uh, of like. Uh, Wilderness and everything. I like. I, I still don't even get that. But, that sounds pretty terrible. But and all they were saying was Koyaniskatsi, and it was just basically random pictures of like mountains and trees and stuff. And then we had to. But <laughs> like, I, I, I'm digressing. There's your segue. But, yeah, uh, there's my segue. There's my there's my segue. My show segue where I'm uh, digressing to. God, twenty something years ago, back in college, I think that was like freshman year. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I did like Once Upon a Time in America. I mean, it was very graphic. It was very kind of, I think, avant garde for the time. Well, and you know, as far as violence in the movie goes, it's nothing that if you've seen The Godfather, you haven't already seen. But the Godfather, no, I mean, it's, the Godfather it's didn't have a gra- It's the Godfather plus a graphic rape. It, it, it kind of minus minus a horse head, minus a horse head. But there are also, you know, in all honesty, aside from the rape, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of violence compared to The Godfather. There was a lot of sexuality, a lot there's more a lot sexuality, of, a lot more sexuality, and like especially when they were like younger, 
Yeah. A lot of, like, preteen, teenage sex angst going Right, on. where they were meeting the girl and like the, the, she, the She's the apparently the neighborhood tenement. whore. Yeah. It was. It was It was a lot more sexual than The Godfather. I mean, the the spirit of the movie was kind of... It was basically a, a gangster movie. Yeah. Um, no doubt. With, like you said, like a lot of sexuality, a lot more over-the-top sexuality, mm-hmm. a lot less violence than Godfather Overall, had. Overall, yes, a lot less violence. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to watching now, like, the extended, extended version. That 20 minutes? Yeah, to see what exactly, if it if it does change anything, um, I think, in like the I, whole I think it was overall... Just, more just little plot subtleties, not like an overall change to the story. So it's... Which is typically what happens, yeah, typically. for the most part, in these movies. Not... Not with Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings added extra. I mean, well, story points. Yeah, I mean, well, essentially the story will always be the same. Right. They're going to destroy the ring. Right. And they added extra story points like, to it. I know this is a major segue talking about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this, and this so. isn't even me. This well, is not, Derek doing well, the segue. Um, I won't. I won't this continue. This is segue. I won't continue. This is Derek on his Amazon segue. <laughs> Rolling around. But go ahead, fire away. Alexa, kill Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Uh, see? <laughs> Thank you. Thank All right, you, Alexa. well, this is a, I think that's a good spot to end it on. I got rebuked by Alexa, and, you know. All right, thank you for joining us. <laughs> I honestly for... didn't think she'd reply to that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you ask her a question, she's going to reply to it. This is what 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 would happen? To, no. All right. Well, let's, yeah. No, let's. I'll ask you that off air. Yeah. There's no point in going on a giant segue. That's exactly right. All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining us for this episode. Be sure of, to like us on Facebook at Old Nerd Young Nerd. And this is part of our anthology series of uh, director's cuts. So thank you for joining us. And again, I'm Todd. I'm Derek. And remember, normal's the new boring. Thank you for joining us.